Welcome to The Policy Shop, weekly conversations with public policy experts where we'll dive into the most important issues affecting all of us here in Illinois. I'm Hillary Gowans. Let's get started. Joining me today is Adam Schuster, Vice President of Policy at the Illinois Policy Institute. The Illinois General Assembly adjourned on April 9th after passing a mammoth state budget that includes temporary tax relief, much of which expires shortly after the November election. We'll break down what happened at the end of session and what you need to know going forward. Adam, thanks for joining me today. Absolutely. So it's been a mad dash to figure out what is in this budget and what it means for all of us. But now that you've sort of let the dust settle and you've gone through all of it, what do people need to know? I think the the most important thing to know is that Illinois' fiscal problems are far from solved. So there's been this narrative from Pritzker and from majority Democrats that uh, this is a balanced budget, that it's paying off our long-term debts, basically that everything's rosy. Um, that's not the case. Illinois is temporarily floating on uh, on a flood of federal cash uh, that is making things easier this year. Uh, Our long-term problems remain completely unchanged, and this budget, frankly, includes none of the long-term spending reforms required to uh, offer real tax relief by balancing the budget uh, in the long run. There, this budget season in particular, there have been a lot of states that have pursued tax relief. So many states have adopted uh, permanent tax cuts, whether that's to grocery taxes or gas taxes, or even some states, I think Mississippi, cut and flattened its state income tax. Mm -hmm. What did Illinois do? So Governor Pritzker is offering temporary tax relief that lasts till the end of the election, basically. And in most cases, um, it includes a a one-year suspension of the grocery tax. That one lasts a little bit longer. Um, So the the tax on groceries, the sales tax, will drop from 1% to 0%. Includes a six-month delay in this year's scheduled gas tax increase. I want to make sure clear, that's not a suspension. Uh, It's just being moved from July 1 to January 1. Um, There will still be a tax increase, uh, and there will be another tax increase next July. So um, Pritzker's just kind of kicking the can in the gas tax. It's not relief. The gas tax isn't going down. Uh, He won't be reversing the prior three three years of increases. You'll just get a six-month freeze, um, basically. Uh, Those, uh, I think, are probably the most gimmicky. Uh, The the more real relief, but still temporary, comes from a one-year income tax credit that uh, is about $50 for a single filer, $100 if you're filing jointly, and you get about $100 per kid. Um, So a little bit of money back there. Uh, And then there's up to a $300 property tax rebate. But when you add all of that up, even if an if you look at an average family and assume that they get all of those breaks and they and they receive all of them, uh, they're still going to be paying more than nine hundred dollars in additional taxes this year from the first three years of tax increases under Pritzker. So in the first three years, Governor Pritzker pushed through and signed twenty four tax and fee increases that are collectively worth more than $5 billion. Some of those are on businesses. Not all of them would be paid by, by the same individual. But if you just look at the ones that everybody would pay, you know they're, they're looking at about $1,400 in higher taxes per year because of Pritzker. So this relief doesn't even make them whole for the, from the prior three years, and it runs out right after the election. We have to stop and acknowledge the most ridiculous thing that lawmakers did at the end of session. I don't know if you're a Harry Potter fan. When I was a kid, I read all the Harry Potter books, and there's this character called Dolores Umbridge, and she makes lots of rules, and she pins them all to the wall. Uh, And 
this this thing that lawmakers did reminds me of Dolores Umbridge from Harry Potter. So basically, there was legislation passed that mandates that gas station owners put up a little sign acknowledging this mediocre gas tax delay, right? Yeah. So like <laughs> when I pay $90 for gas at the pump, I'm going to have to read a sign that says, congratulations, you saved two cents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, uh, I think, you know, it is kind of funny because it's so brazen. I mean, you just, it's it's just almost like unbelievable that a politician would do this It's propaganda. Kind of it is propaganda. <laughs> and, and they don't, they're shameless, right? They're not embarrassed about this. But yeah, you doubled the gas tax in 2019. You raised it in 2020 and in 2021. And because you're not going to increase it for six months, you're going to force every business or every gas station who said, you know, every business affected by this to propagandize this for you um, under the threat of a $500 penalty if you don't post the stupid sign. Wow, I forgot the fine. <laughs> and it's $500 for every day you don't comply. Right, $500 per violation, so per day per violation. Man, that's crazy. And it's grocery stores too. I saw that right. the, the final legislation also recommends that grocery stores include on your receipt that the grocery tax has been temporarily offset. Exactly. So, you know, grocery stores, gas stations are being forced by the power of law to uh, help Governor Pritzker in his reelection campaign. Personally, I think it's it's illegal, um, and I really hope that we see lawsuits uh, about this because um, forcing private businesses using taxpayer funds to help your reelection effort to propagandize and, and spread the message about the supposed tax relief uh, is not an appropriate function of government. And I've seen a lot of the folks in the motor fuel world or who represent these gas station owners are very upset and understandably so. It's insane. I couldn't believe that they went that far. So we've got this ultimatum for small businesses, an enormous budget. Um, you were just pointing out Governor Pritzker couldn't even tell reporters how much the final budget was worth in a press conference when he announced that there was agreement. So what are we looking at in terms of how much this budget's going to cost us? Yeah, so Pritzker proposed a budget in February that spent about $45.5 billion. Um, and then when they asked him in the press conference, he announced that they finalized a deal. So you'd think final, you'd have numbers, right? But they finalized a deal on the budget. Obvious question, well, how much does it spend? He said somewhere between 46 and $47 billion. So this is how we do Illinois math, you know, give or take a billion dollars. <laughs> this is how much we're going to spend. Um, I've seen, uh, you know, newspapers report uh, that the, the final number is about $46.5 billion. Uh, there's only $46.3 billion in revenue in the most optimistic case. So even just looking at the top line numbers, it, it doesn't appear to be a truly balanced budget. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a massive budget. It increases spending on virtually everything, including things that we would like, K through 12 education. Um, so there's more public safety money, things like that. But without the, the long-term changes to make those spending increases sustainable. Um. And I'm laughing because if you don't laugh, you'll cry because it's so bad. Um, but you also have been really vigilant about what's going on with unemployment in Illinois mm -hmm. and the fact that if we don't deal with this uh, this debt that we have in terms of unemployment, then small businesses are going to get hit with a federal payroll tax increase. So did politicians get their acts in gear and fix the problem, or are we staring down a tax hike? We are staring down 
two potential tax hikes because of the failure to fix the unemployment insurance deficit. So um, every state, not every state, many states had to borrow from the federal government during the pandemic because there was mass levels of unemployment that nobody expected and the funds held in those trust funds were depleted. You have to borrow from the federal government. Illinois borrowed about four and a half billion dollars from the federal government. They, they used 2.7 billion of the remaining aid to partially pay that back. Um, so $4.5 billion loan, $2.7 billion payment. But they could have used up to $6.3 billion of the federal money to close the deficit because you can not only repay the federal loan, you can also bring your unemployment trust fund back to where its balance was pre-pandemic. So January 29th, 2020 uh, is the cutoff. Uh, so we could have used up to $6.3 billion. By only making this partial payment and not closing the rest of the hole, uh, two things happen. One, on November 10th, uh, if we stole the federal government money, which we will, the federal payroll tax is going to automatically go up. Uh, that's a smaller one. It's only three-tenths uh, of a percentage point, but it continues to go up each year that we still owe this money. Um, that, that money, by the way, doesn't go towards helping to refill the fund. That's just a penalty that we pay to the federal government for owing them money. Separately, uh, they did suspend what are called what they call speed bumps in the unemployment insurance trust fund this year. So typically, if there's a deficit, then payroll taxes automatically go up and benefits automatically get cut to help close the deficit. They suspended that until after the election, until January 1st, um, so that they can deal with it then. Um, but if they're going to use all the federal money for other purposes rather than unemployment, there's not going to be any federal money left for unemployment in January. And that means state level payroll tax hikes on top of the federal payroll tax hike will be the only way to close the gap. All right. So none of this surprises you because it's an election year, right? Um, but I I just can't believe that we had all of this extra money and you're, you're saying that the, the budget's not even going to balance. So how did we get here? Well, I think it was, you know, just a misunderstanding of what that money should be for. The, the, the justification for the federal government giving us all the money that they did was that the pandemic was going to cause the pandemic and the related shutdown orders because we shut all the businesses down, that this was going to cause massive state and local government revenue losses. That didn't happen. So there was a small dip in revenues at the height of the pandemic. They recovered very quickly and they're now above their pre-pandemic trend. So, so revenues are stronger um, than expected. And I think our legislature and governor have been treating that uh, money as you know, just sort of uh, Christmas wish list spending. How can I use this to benefit my reelection? Um, and so that's why we see you know these this sort of gimmicky temporary tax relief, uh, one-time spending on you know democratic pet projects and infrastructure and all this type of stuff. But they didn't use it to to actually fix the long-term problems. Uh, and I think you know part of the reason why they didn't do that is because. They've been trying to convince people that the long-term problems are, are already solved. Um, and so it doesn't make sense that they that they should use the money for that purpose if they're trying to deny that there's a problem in the first place. All right. So this was a breathing room budget. Lawmakers decided, let's just pump the brakes, no drama, pass the budget, and not ruffle any feathers ahead of the election. Adam, thanks for breaking all of this down. And before we go, I just wanted to say congratulations on being named the new vice president of policy. Thank you very well much. Well deserved, and we're happy to see you in this role. So thanks again. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. To keep up with all of our work at the Illinois Policy Institute and to sign up for our newsletter, visit IllinoisPolicy.org. 
If you like what you heard today, subscribe and give us a five-star review. We'll see you next week for another episode of The Policy Shop.